Persuading people to take the actions we want can be hard. Our teams and clients are bombarded with thousands of messages every single day. But there is a way for you to get above the noise. Stories. This is the Stories of Traction podcast, and I'm your host, Matt Zahn. Join my guests and me as we unpack the power of storytelling. We'll talk about topics like leadership, sales, and marketing all through the lens of strategic storytelling. Enjoy this episode. June of 2022, I was speaking in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, and I met a gentleman named Evan. Had a fascinating conversation. Then more than a year later, in October of 2023, I connected with Evan in another workshop at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. Based on what he does, I had to have him on the Stories of Traction podcast. So today, I'm joined by Evan Sparks, who's the Director of National Search at CRG. Welcome to the show, Evan. Hey, thanks so much, Matt. Happy to be here. I'm happy you're here too. I really appreciate what you do. I think you'll offer value to my listeners, especially based on your industry. So can you just give a synopsis of what CRG does for my listeners? I work with CRG Search. Uh, CRG as a whole is a staffing and recruiting company. CRG Search is the executive and retained search division of CRG. Essentially, we are trying to make the best match possible with our clients. Uh, We utilize a 30-step process and make sure we deliver three to five C5 qualified candidates in 10 to 15 business days. And that C5 is character, culture, compensation, competency, and closability. Do you say 30-step process? Yeah, we, we go through a 30-step process. It probably has a few more steps in there, uh, micro steps. But yes, we go through a full 30-step process that goes through recruitment strategy, candidate identification, candidate development screening, uh, candidate presentation, and all the way through to interview process management, onboarding, counteroffer management, and even making sure that they are successful in their new role. So full onboarding and training with what we're doing there. Wow, that is fascinating to me. So, so with within this process, it must have taken quite some time to get that process ironed out. Is this years in the making to get that specific process down? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, John Binkley, the president of CRG Search, he's been he's been in the industry over twenty years, and he's been just refining the process, making making adjustments, especially in the changing talent landscape that we're in. Being able to make sure that it's as up to date as possible, always making tweaks and continuous improvement in that. So when you say changing talent landscape, what would be some of those changes that you're currently seeing? The biggest thing right now that that we're seeing is not only the growth in compensation as well as remote work and different preferences, but it's it's more than just that. People want to know who they're working for, who what they stand for, and every piece of that, not just a, a number and a paycheck. They want to be able to have a purpose and and be a part of a company culture that that means more than just revenue. So want to see where where they're a part of it and how they're able to build and grow through that. Sure. So let's touch on the remote work piece because I'm reading articles just like everyone regarding people are coming back. They're not coming back. They're fighting with C-suite that they'll never come back. And some leaders are are giving into that. Some aren't. Some are getting initiatives from the cities that they're in to bring people back to spur on more economic growth. So where do you see, if you were to take us to the end of 2024, where do you see remote work being? Is it going to continue to be that hybrid model? Do you see more people going back into the office based on your experience? experience? Where do you see us headed? Great question. We are starting to see people go back into the office more. I think 
the hybrid approach is certainly something that is more of a common ground that people are finding success with. But there still are people that are holding out and got a taste of that remote work environment. Obviously, 2020 and in 2021 was a gold rush of that time. So you have so many remote opportunities. You're seeing all of staying home and maybe being able to have a better work-life balance. People want to be able to keep and hold on to some of that. People see the ability to collaborate uh, virtually and in a lot of different ways. So there are people holding out and a lot of people are not willing to to do the commuter five days a week and fully on site. And that I feel like might hold some people back, especially as there is the big push. But it's it's a dynamic period. I think 2024 will be very pivotal on what that looks like for the rest of the year. But I think hybrid is a happy medium and in where a lot of people are headed right now. This is several months ago, but I remember the key point today. It, it was an article based on Google's approach. And I was fascinated by this article because the entire article, it talked about how much money Google saved by people working from home. Tremendous amount of financial resources they saved. At the bottom of the article, they mentioned, we want people back because of a lack of creativity. So even though they were saving money, they recognized that there was this spur of creativity with having people under one roof. And I do see that being what a lot of leaders are are pointing to. It's not that article specifically, but they're they're hurting for creativity. They're hurting for that innovation, getting people back together. So though hybrid more than likely would be here to stay, I know there's a lot of C-suite around specifically the United States that they are trying to get people back. Based on your experience and everything you've seen, what are some of the ways that they're able to inspire people to come back to the office? Have you seen anything specific? There's been a lot of talk about being able to have positive progression in the organization and things like that. And a lot of that is coming to the office and having that FaceTime. I've seen anything from people offering childcare and benefits towards that, which helps alleviate that gap. So I know that's a big thing offering, whether it's meals or anything brought into the office. So it, it is a little, a few more incentives than maybe before. All right. So that that's a really good point. And I don't want people to miss this, okay? So I appreciate you mentioning the childcare piece. That's absolutely huge. So let's talk about that briefly because of the importance. So it's funny that you say that because I was, I was recently working with a client that told me they're opening a childcare school for employees. There was such a need that basically they, they utilized elements of their budget to literally open a daycare, okay? So that's one you know, that's the pendulum on the other side. I also recently saw someone in my community that she basically created almost like an informational network of childcare suggestions, concerns, challenges, and then did a bunch of events in the community, bringing leaders together to talk about this, almost from like a collaboration piece. Both have it seemed to be working very well. So I would challenge everyone listening, even if you're not able to open, you know, a daycare school based on, on your, your company, what can you do from a resource perspective to connect people to that childcare piece? Because it, it, it is unbelievable the amount of, of costs for childcare. It would definitely be a hang up for people coming back to the office. So everyone listening that want to bring your people back, what kind of creative strategies can you utilize to connect to that childcare piece? So Evan, thank you so much for sharing that. I really 
really appreciate that. I do want to jump to something you had mentioned after you mentioned remote work. You said stand for. People want to know that they're working for a company that stands for something. And one of the things that I've seen become more and more prevalent somewhere around, I want to say Q3 of last year, I saw this more and more and more. And it's only going to continue into 2024. Companies embracing a corporate social responsibility strategy. So have you seen this more and more where people you're bringing on to to land different roles for that they're they're interested in the CSR arm of companies? Yeah, absolutely. That's that's obviously a big concern I think especially as millennials start to become the majority of the workforce that that is what they're looking for being able to be more than just just a company that earns earns a lot of revenue and doesn't care about the environment or doesn't care about human rights or anything in that space. They want to be able to understand what else the company is doing to make the world a better place. And it comes up a lot when when we're connecting with candidates that that is a very common question of what what they're doing to stay involved in the community, what positive impacts they're making. So the more we're able to share about what companies are doing, and share about their mission and purpose and vision and values and everything that goes into that, the more attractive an opportunity to join a company and the more attractive that company becomes to prospective candidates. So so let's talk about this from a planning perspective. So when an organization gets asked that question, clearly they should be prepared to answer it as far as what that means to them. I recently spoke to an organization where they just fit into their budget having PTO hours for their employees. And basically they, they have a list of 14 organizations locally that people can tie into within those PTO hours. So it's eight hours of PTO where they can go for an entire day, serve one of those organizations and they had they had the whole blueprint laid out so they could clearly point people in that direction. Have you seen companies do something similar? Maybe it's a, a, a certain website uh, that they can point people to. Maybe it's a, a calendar where they can literally show people, hey, here are the certain volunteer days that we have. Anything that you can point to that, that you see companies doing more and more from a planning perspective with uh, CSR? A lot of companies, they have their partnerships with whether it's local organizations or national organizations listed on their website. Like like you mentioned, there's been incentives added in where I've seen either half days, full days that people are able to take off and, and go and serve the community or be able to be a part of those organizations. So we have we have seen an uptick in that. It's still it, most companies that are doing it, probably the early adopters, I think, I think a lot more companies could do could do more in that space, but we are starting to see it pick up a lot more. So from a process perspective, going back to that 30-step process, one of the things that you mentioned to me before about the focus on stories, which I love to hear, right? Because we I have definitely spoken at great length regarding storytelling on, on this podcast, for sure. What are some things that you do from a, from a strategic storytelling perspective that sets you apart from, from maybe others in your space? We have a few key pieces at the early stages of our process. So in our recruitment strategy phase, we have an intake call with the client. We want to understand as much as possible about your organization and not necessarily just the financial piece, but we want to know who you are, what you stand for, the culture of your team, and then where you're going, where you want to be. So we are able to gather information not only about the role, the company, but the hiring manager and team that we're then able to take. And we utilize a sell screen approach with our candidates. So we sell the opportunity 
the team and the hiring manager to the candidate first before we even go through any of the screening process to make sure they're actively engaged. And a lot of that, we use the information that we gather in that intake call to be able to create a story and build that out uh, to be able to attract candidates because you could read a job description and job postings are the oldest trick in the book to be able to be out there. But does it truly give the candidate enough to really be ready to join the organization and jump in? Really, a job change is, is one of the most impactful pieces of someone's life. And you're making a huge decision. And we want to be able to give you as much information as possible to feel great about that decision and be confident when you are ready to accept the role and join a new team. So based on all that information and based on that sell screen approach, is there something in particular you can point to regarding creating that story? Is You mentioned a lot of things regarding, you know, who are they, what they stand for. You mentioned the intake call. Is there one thing you're trying to extract out of that or maybe a couple things uh, to help build out that story? You want to be able to take highlights and key pieces that would add fulfillment to their lives. You think from the candidate perspective, more so than just being a part of a strong and financially healthy organization. You want to be a part of something that stands for something and, and be able to build more. So we're, we're really asking and digging into those culture questions. And we have our full intake questionnaire that we spend a lot of time in that space. And we want to understand what the hiring manager is really, really looking to do in their leadership style, and then how, how they interact with the team to be able to share that with the candidates. Obviously, everybody has different preferences on how they'd like to be led, how much information or not as much information that they need to be able to get going, how much oversight they would like over them. A lot of people, especially like micromanagement is is a hot hot button issue for a lot of people. So understanding like the environment that they're going into, that they can have confidence that they're trusted to be able to do their job effectively is big. So we're trying to get all of that information out, synthesize it into a compelling story that we're able to tell the candidates and attract them to these opportunities. Perfect. That sounds great. So anyone listening that would be interested in learning more, uh, connecting with you or your organization, where's the best place they can go to get that information? They can find us on crgsearch.com. And then we're also on LinkedIn as well. Perfect. CRGsearch.com. I'll include that in the show notes. Uh, I appreciate our conversation today, Evan. Uh, there's three things that I don't want people to miss based on what we said. The first is I really appreciate you bringing up childcare. Companies are just starting to talk about this. They need to have some type of strategic approach. It doesn't necessarily need to be opening a daycare, but at least some type of resources that they can point their team members to is huge. So I appreciate you mentioning that. The second piece is the CSR piece, Corporate Social Responsibility. I'm actually going to include in the show notes, I did a three-part series on CSR how to utilize the strategy, how to give back, how to have a massive impact. I'll include that. Highly recommend people check that out. I appreciate you mentioning that. The third piece is you mentioned stand for something. You actually mentioned stand for something a few times. That is absolutely huge. I don't want people to miss this is that there is a massive wave of millennials coming in decision-making seats across corporate America. At the top of every single survey, millennials say they want an impact and fulfillment. So I appreciate that you mentioned you mentioned that gearing those stories regarding that. That's absolutely huge. So thank you so much for sharing that, Evan. I really appreciate our conversation today. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on. Thank you for listening to the Stories with Traction podcast. Please leave a review since positive reviews will make it easier for others to find this conversation. Next episode will launch on Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern. 
Until then, remember, if you want to persuade with power and inspire those around you to action, you must share more stories.